This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I love abstractions. I'm a professor of theology, after all. (laughs) I spend a lot of time reading abstract books and teaching abstract ideas. There's a course I've been teaching for many years now at the seminary. It's called Doctrine of God. At the heart of it is a consideration of the mystery of the Trinity. We've come now to Trinity Sunday, what's been called the preacher's nightmare. (laughs) I don't think it should be the preacher's nightmare because really every Sunday is Trinity Sunday. Every Sunday we reflect on who God is, and the Catholic view is that at the deepest reality, God is Trinity. Now, I can give you all kinds of technical terms to describe this Trinitarian belief. I can talk about persons and the Godhead and processions and relations and perichoresis and circumincessio. Those are all technical theological terms that are attempting to name this mystery with greater precision. And if you're of a philosophical turn of mind, you probably find all this kind of fascinating, as I do. I hope some of my students, anyway, might find it fascinating. Or I could say with G.K. Chesterton that the Trinity is just a somewhat fancier way of saying that God is love. If God is love, then there must be within his own deepest nature a play of lover, beloved, and love. See, again, if God has love, I wouldn't have to say that. If love is something God does, I wouldn't have to say that. But if I say God is love, then his very being must be structured according to love. And all this means that God is not so much the supreme individual, but rather the supreme relationship. To be God is not so much to be a thing. You know, we think of it that way. There's there are things in the world. There's this thing, that thing, and God must be the highest thing. Well, that's not quite the right way to think about it. Not the highest thing, but rather the highest family or community. The Trinity is a kind of dance, if you want. Joseph Ratzinger, now Pope Benedict XVI, said the doctrine of the Trinity signals, I'm quoting him now, the absoluteness of the relative. Now, I know that's kind of an abstract statement. Philosophers like that sort of thing. But actually, it's a fascinating point. In most classical philosophies, absoluteness was associated with the higher realms of being. Well, relativity or relationship was seen as a mark of lower dimensions. But the doctrine of the Trinity is implying that relationship, one in the other, being for the other, 
belongs to the very nature of God. What's ultimately real, what's really real, is being for the other. Can I suggest, friends, that's the spiritual power of this feast day. We're not just trading in abstractions. We're trying to name what's really real, what's ultimately real. And if the doctrine of the Trinity is right, the answer is being for and with the other. Now, you still might say, well, that's all very interesting, but what does that have to do with me? Well, in a word, everything has everything to do with you. Because keep in mind that we have been made in the image and likeness of God. Not any old God, but precisely this God, this Trinitarian relationship. We've been made in the image of that God. And therefore, we are most ourselves when we are most like God. Now do you see the importance of this feast spiritually, morally? Can you see how the essence of sin, of original sin, is precisely a closing off of relationship and an aggrandizing of the ego? Go back to those opening chapters of the book of Genesis again, the continue to generate meaning. The serpent says to Adam and Eve as he proffers the apple, you will be like God. As you cling to godliness, as you refuse to obey the Lord, as you aggrandize your egos, you will be like God. The supreme irony, and friends, the whole Bible in many ways hinges upon it. The supreme irony is, in that very moment, they became unlike God. They became unlike the true God, who is a set of relationships. In clinging to themselves, they didn't become like gods. They became unlike the true God. And the evidence of this fall is everywhere on display. Just look around. Look at the newspapers. Look at the news at night. Look around your neighborhoods. I mean, you find it every place. It's the falling apart of relationships. Go back to Genesis. When God confronts Adam and Eve, what does he hear from them? The woman that you put here, she made me eat it. He turns to the woman. The serpent that you put here, he tricked me, so I ate it. Blaming man against woman, woman against man, humanity against nature, the war of all against all. Do you see it? the triumph of the ego over relationship, living for oneself that wins out over living for the other. That's the core of sin. What you see up and down the ages to the present day is simply the, the uh, outflowing from that original fall. David Brooks is a columnist who writes regularly for the New York Times. I don't agree with him all the time, but I frequently find myself sympathizing with his viewpoint. He wrote a piece just a few weeks ago during the commencement graduation season. 
he commented upon something I thought was really interesting, namely the depressing sameness in so many of the addresses given by commencement speakers, by elders who meant to inspire young graduates heading out into the world. Brooks said almost uniformly, almost without exception, they talked about following your dreams, living your life to the full, becoming the person you want to be, realizing your life project, etc. The commencement speakers, in short, were functioning as avatars of American individualism, self-assertion, the fulfillment of the individual's dream, many going so far as to wrap that philosophy in religious terminology. Listen, by the way, to Oprah or to Eckhart Tolle sometime. They're masters of this, to take this fundamentally individualist conception but wrap it in religious language. Brooks complained, I think quite rightly, that this sort of philosophy that's now being inculcated passed on to the next generation. This kind of philosophy leads to spiritual boredom and to a deadening self-preoccupation. The point, he concluded, again, I think he's right on here, the point is not to find yourself. The point is to lose yourself. Right. Right. American secular individualism is in sharp tension with the imago dei, the image of God in all of us. Last week on the Feast of Pentecost, I talked about this problem of the thirst for the Holy Spirit. Everybody's God. What exacerbates the thirst, what makes the thirst worse, is precisely this living in tension with the imago dei. You see, what will satisfy us is when we fully realize the imago dei in us. When we live according to our own deepest identity, that means when we surrender to another in love. American individualism, pursue your dream. Follow your thirst. Do what you want. Just do it. You know, just listen to commercials sometime. All of that leads to a deep inner tension because it's out of step with the Imago Dei. Now, let's take a look at the gospel for today. It contains one of the pithiest summaries of the Christian gospel anywhere in the New Testament. It's from John chapter 3. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. That's John 3.16. What breaks God's heart is that we are not living according to the Imago Dei, and hence we are living in sadness. And what does God do? He opens himself up, the Father sending the Son all the way out to the limits of God-forsakenness, seeking us out as we run from him, in order, listen now, that he might gather us into the Holy Spirit, which is the love that connects the Father and the Son, God surrounds us with the relationship that he is. Let me say that again. 
God surrounds us with the relationship that he is in order that we might become conformed to his love. Do you see how he tracks down all of us in our individualism, even as we're pursuing our own little individual dreams? He outruns us. The Father sends the Son all the way out that we might be gathered into the Holy Spirit. Listen, by the way, to the remainder of that extraordinary passage. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. See, friends, can we please get over the false theology that says the cross is a way of appeasing the divine anger as though God is like a dysfunctional father? The Father did not send the Son out of anger. He sent the Son precisely out of love. God takes no delight in condemning us. He wants us fully alive. The point is, we need to surrender to the Trinitarian love that God is. And then we will find ourselves fully alive we will find that imago Dei, that image of God, realized in us. We will undo the damage of Eden. Trinity Sunday, oh, it's just a meditation on some abstract ideas. Uh -uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Trinity Sunday is a reflection on what reality is at its deepest level and upon what our salvation is. It is a surrender to the love that wants us to be fully alive. Think of that, friends, when you make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers every day, everywhere.